now listening to the Seventh Rounders. Welcome back to another episode. First episode of 2023. Happy New Year's, gentlemen. Uh, we are coming to you on a rare Monday afternoon, three o'clock here. Um, another hectic week for everyone. So we thought the matinee. It's yeah, the matinee well, episode. Get a little recording in before the Rose Bowl. I've got some people over. We're gonna have some drinks, watch the Rose Bowl, enjoy, you know, the little football that we have left. You, you know, guys, John, what? any plans? Uh, not much for me. Um, it's not about me. You know, we got Mr. Cardillo in the house today. Uh, <laughs> we would, we could say filling in for Connor, but he's, he's been on so often. I don't think it's filling in anymore. You know, just a team member here showing up for replacing work. him. Yeah. Um, Connor, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a little while. I've, uh, yeah. it's been tough to sync up lately. Yeah. Connor, um, um, Connor out here working the new year six, but yeah, we'll, we'll let Dave talk here first. Then we'll get into the recap But Penn state does play in less than two hours. Yeah, um, against Utah. No plans for it, honestly. I have been traveling, so just got back a couple hours ago. Just gonna take it easy tonight. Might have a, a cold one or two. Um, just looking forward to watching the maybe game. Three. Yeah, maybe three, depending on how the game goes. Um, should be a good good one though. I'm excited. Very good. I, I the Rose Bowl is always fun. It it, it, it never really disappoints. Um. Yeah, there's usually always good games. Yeah. It does seem like there are always good games. It's yeah. a it's a tough act to follow after this weekend, though, because I feel like I just like we just got injected with two of the best games, probably in the playoff era, right? Um, they're both amazing games. You know, unfortunately, Chad Chad's team was on the losing end of 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 one of them, but just unbelievable games, both of them. Honestly, two of the most enjoyable football games I've watched in a long time, just nonstop action. Um, and, are we going, are we going right into that? Or I don't know if I'm getting this off I, track here. No. Yeah. I think that's, I, I want to say going off of Dave's point, definitely two of the most enjoyable, especially in the same year, having those two games was incredible. And listen, I am, I'm a stubborn son of a gun. I know that um, usually, you know, my way or the highway, but I am, you know, growing in 2023, willing to see other perspectives. And I am, Starting to after this past Saturday, how can you not warm up and get a little excited about that expanded playoff? Now I still have oh, wow. my doubts. Hold but on, I this would is like to say a big, um, big development. I know after seeing these last two games, you know, because I didn't wow. think I, I, tr- I said last twenty twenty three. Chad is my favorite version of Chad so far. Me too. To date, I've. I've said it for three weeks. I did not think TCU had a chance in hell against Michigan, and I was completely wrong. And, completely wrong. Um, you know, this is cautious optimism, I would say, um, in regards to the expanded playoff, um, if you can get more games like this. Now, it doesn't happen every year, um, and my thoughts could, you know, be different based on next year. You know, I think next year's last year with four teams, correct? Correct. Okay. So yeah. – you know, we'll see, you know, uh, you know, it's going to be just, just, I don't want to go into the whole 12 team thing right now. We should really just talk about the games, but getting those home playoff games too. like, imagine a home playoff game in uh, Columbus chatter and in Beaver stadium or down in South Carolina, John, I mean, that, oh, those are just going to create unbelievable atmospheres. Like, you know, bowl games are great. Uh, the whole neutral site thing, like just it doesn't stack fan. up to, yeah, it just doesn't stack up to, 
what a home playoff game is would is going to be like in some of these stadiums. So that's I think that's you even look at like look back to week one. There were two top ten games: Georgia, Oregon, Ohio State, Notre Dame, and like obviously. Ohio State, Notre Dame is a bigger branded game, but it brings so much more excitement being in Columbus versus yeah. being, I'm assuming exactly. that game was in Atlanta, the, yeah, the Georgia Oregon yeah. game. Like it's just a different vibe. 100%. But anyways, we should, we should just, we should talk about the games. That's, that's for later, later topics, right? Yeah. Later discussions. Off season. Um, that's an off season topic. It is. It is. Um, what, what game do you guys want to start with? Do you want to, do you want to get a hair day out of you here? Thank you. I appreciate that. 2023 uh, chat is just completely different. Everything. Yeah. Happened. Great start. Whole new aura. I Good can, you, we'll, we'll go with the night game first. Um, wow. You want to talk about the Ohio state game first? Yeah. Get we can get it out of the way. I've now had this talk, you know, two times in the last month. Um, so I'm prepared. Listen, I, I think it was two awesome teams and you know, the better team won. I think, you know, Ohio State didn't show that game, which, you know, is this sense. I just going through the whole year, I just felt like they were a better team than what they showed. And I think they finally showed it against Georgia. It's just Georgia's so good. I mean, it's, you know, against any other team, Ohio State plays like that and they, they win handedly. It was just, you know, Georgia is so good with, a veteran quarterback that's not an NFL guy, but just perfect for that offense and what they want to do. Um, and, you know, they were able to take advantage when, you know, Marv went out and get a couple three and outs from Ohio State. Um, but listen, I've been very hard on Stroud from, you know, the beginning of the year. And I, I think he proved a lot of people within Ohio State wrong based on that performance, even in a losing effort, just like, there was, it just seemed like there was so much more desire there. Just the little things, you know, we only had 36 yards rushing, but I mean, massive plays with his feet. I mean, more, to, more than that, Chad, because the rushing, they take into account the sacks. So, I mean, he must've had 60 plus uh, if you take away the sacks, because he got sacked a few times, right? Yeah. Three um, times. I believe he was sacked. Yeah. that. I mean, you, you kind of just nailed it. That, that was the main takeaway for me. I've watched a lot of CJ Stroud over the last two years. That was by far the most impressive version of him I've seen. And I think I was telling you guys after, like, I feel like there's actually a real discussion between him and young now for that number one pick in the draft. It's like what he showed, you know, being functionally athletic, I feel like um, didn't really do that a lot during the year. Right. He didn't have to. So I just hadn't even seen that version of him. Like knew he was a decent athlete, but, he just kept plays alive, like you said, was making big time throws. Um, I was super, super impressed with Stroud. That was that was by far the best game I've seen him play. I think so tough to lose Marvin. Yeah, that, that was really a tough, tough blow too. I mean they they were running out of they were running out of weapons. Like so, Stroud was really just running out there and making it happen. And Stover you know, too. Chess match yeah. on the sidelines. Uh, the fourth quarter timeout, middle of the fourth quarter on the fake punt by Kirk. Dude, the fake punt. Oh my god! Timeout. What a ballsy call by Ryan Day too, because uh, they had it. Yep. I mean, that was that was that was drawn off the. They perfection. showed a look. Georgia sniffed it out, called a timeout, and then they score on the uh, the deep yeah. ball. I was listening to, I was listening to like what the the cover three pod, um, and they were talking about how it was probably like one of those little analysts, and that they call him like the Polo Army. 
um probably felt yeah. like you know buzz down to kirby like hey they're in a weird formation here um call a timeout it's like little things like that like that literally yeah. swung the entire game so um yeah that momentum was swing complete momentum game. swing i was up 11 they did that um yeah. great game I, fantastic game really was was uh a, you know the game ended right at i believe midnight right when the ball dropped so i had to pull it up my phone um because i was outside under a tent there was no tv um so it was just a wild the timing was crazy yeah i was just right in front of the tv but um i didn't i didn't have a second of the ball drop thing on so as soon as he missed the kick it was like literally midnight right then it was it was so wild yeah uh and it's it's chad didn't wriggles hit he hit like a 48 or 49 yard field goal a possession or two before that from ex- the same exact hash like I thought, I thought he was gonna drill that. Um, so he's been if, pretty if good. If you go back and look at the play, was it the hold? I so he goes over right after he kicks it. He turns to the holder. Yeah. And the, like he goes and consoles the holder. Like I, I haven't think seen a replay of the, of the hold yet. Have you? No, I. That's what just what someone said that I was talking to. They yeah. said that something seems screwed with the hold. But in all honesty, I didn't. I was not overly optimistic going into that kick. I mean, listen, that was fifty yards oh, yeah. exactly. You can't put anything. It yeah. Every anything over 40 yards is 50 50 with college kickers. And quite frankly, I think, you know, day as good of a game as he called, I think after Stroud rushed for that first down to get into field goal range, him running the ball for a two yard loss was, I, I think, a mistake. I think they still should have continued to push the ball down the field. Um, and we sit here watching live and USC comes up short with a kick. Tulane's going to win this ball game. I am oh, he celebrating. I literally thought he made that, dude. He was short. Yo. Oh, yeah. He was short. I thought he Did made you guys that. just see the end of that Mississippi State game? No. So Mississippi State just kicked a field goal to go up 13-10 with five seconds left. They do the kickoff, uh, touchback, whatever. Illinois is pitching it, pitching it all the way down the field. They get to, like, Mississippi State's 30 and Mississippi State picks it up and scores a touchdown. I had, the the line was three and a half. No fucking way they did that. So I just had an incredible backdoor. That's why I'm out here. Celebrating. That is the most egregious. If I had Illinois, oh, amazing. Sorry, I didn't mean to to, to sidetrack everything like that. That's insane. It's kind of wow. funny. I thought you were during the well, game watching the USC kick. No, why did no? I wasn't watching USC. I was looking at Mississippi State. Connor texted a chat and said, "Are they calling it a forward pass?" Oh no! Would that Are take they? it off? Oh no no no, there is a Are flag they? in the field, but oh no, will they take the? the All right, will you? We'll Can't you just decline it? Okay, um, yeah, yeah. Keep going, keep going. Chad, you know, I guess my last thoughts on the game. Um, I think Day stepped up. Like I said, called a a great game. Um, defensively, I don't know. I just there's something philosophically wrong defensive line perspective and the safeties that I can't figure out. Um, you know, I think Knowles did overall a good job his first year in Columbus. Like, you know, he is a linebackers coach coming up through the system. And I mean, Tommy Eichenberg and steel chambers were fantastic this year. They were the best part of our defense. So defensive line, I can't get overly worried when you have Larry Johnson there, but now it's been a couple of years in a row and it's really frustrating. And then the safeties were just fucking terrible. I don't know. Yeah, um, Ransom, uh, Ransom got burned on that one. Uh, oh, was yeah. it Sims or, or whatever for Georgia? 
eight or yeah, Sims. Um, I mean, he just slipped. He's a good player too, but I feel like we've talked about this on their defensive line. So I love, I love JTT. I think he's a, you know, going to be a but future stud. But, but Dave, this... you take out JTT's game against Penn State, he really did not do much this year. Like, he's I mean, he, good. I thought he played all right last night. Yeah, he's not. Well, well, that's what I'm getting at, right? It's like in years past, Ohio State has always had like a stud, right? Between Chase Young, the Bosa brothers, um, there's, you know, a couple other names. Like they've always had some studs up front. And they don't have like, you know, they just haven't had that guy last year, this year. And I think JTT could be that guy, but he's still what? He's only a sophomore, Chad. Yeah. Is he a true? He's not a freshman, is he? He's a sophomore. Yeah, he's a sophomore. Um, but yeah, that that's uh that's, that's definitely a glaring thing from from my perspective. Yeah. Good season, Chad. Sorry that it ended the way it did, but uh good entertainment. Georgia, biggest favorites, I believe, in a championship. Right, going into this one against TCU, they're uh, like thirteen and a half point favorites. Um, TCU shocks the world. Chad, you did you did hold yourself accountable. We appreciate that. Um, and the Horny Frogs continue to just win games. And this one was the most different win. I mean, dominant from the beginning. You know, you you you'd think they would have gotten down. They come back. That's what they did all year. And um, they just stepped on Michigan's throat right from the very beginning. So interested to see how they do against Georgia. But was there any big takeaways from this? Yeah, one? I, I think TCU outcoached Michigan in a Completely. laughable manner. Completely. I mean, it wasn't even for as good as Harbaugh has been coaching that team the last two years, like just playing to their identity. They completely went away from it in every facet of the game on Saturday. Offensively, they get down two scores early and they're in complete panic mode. Five wide, you know, to an extent it did work, but they also had two pick sixes. Mm -hmm. Uh, They, although Donovan Edwards is playing with a broken hand or whatever, like you got to lean on him a little more. Um, And then defensively, they come out of the Ohio State game and Ohio State blitzed every play against Michigan and got burned deep on six plays, killed them. And Michigan comes into this game when they got pressure on Ohio State without blitzing and played very well defensively, only let up 21 points. And they're out blitzing TCU, it seems like, every play, letting up huge, like, long plays. I just – I did not understand the play calling on either side of the ball, and they deserve to lose because of that. That was, like, just a horrendously coached game by Harbaugh and staff. Um, But, yeah. Very vanilla. They did turn it on late. Um, they did make it interesting late there in the game, but you know, who would have thought TCU was going to hang 50 on that, that Michigan defense, but yeah, TCU, um, I mean, TCU, they, um, I mean, the two pick sixes, like you said, Chad, that's, that's obviously huge, but even like defensively, you know, it did seem like Michigan, and I don't know if it was necessarily what TCU was doing defensively, because they do kind of play that. Uh, what do they three, call it? Like a three, five. three, five. Yeah. So it's, it's not something that anyone in the big 10 is running. Um, so it, it did look like Michigan kind of got out of what they normally want to do. Right. They, they didn't stay true to their yeah. identity. Just like a lot of zone my football. Yeah. And um, again, I don't know if that's what, because of what TCU was showing or just a, a Harbaugh, you know, kind of fucking up, like you said, Chad. Um, but that was, that was something I noticed, but honestly too, I mean, Michigan, Outgained TCU, I'm pretty sure. Um, I think there were more yards per play. Like they made the big turnovers, but um, 
I mean, Michigan on that first possession where they obviously do that Philly special on fourth and goal from the three, um, that's coming out with no points there is, is big. And then um, right after that play to Roman Wilson where that got overturned, right? They called it a touchdown. They say he's down in the one-yard line or whatever, the half-yard line. And then they hand it off to that fullback who's been playing a little bit of running back on the goal line, but they do like a little fullback dive to a linebacker um, and he fumbles it. So, I mean, those two plays right there, honestly, were probably the difference in the game because um, it felt and like Duggan, you know, he seemed jumped up play. early, but then Michigan, yeah. it kind of felt like it was inevitable that they were coming back. So that, that's how I felt at least. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Duggan threw for 225 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. He yeah. did, it wasn't like he went out there and threw for 450 and five Now, touchdowns. TCU did run the ball, especially after they ran the ball. Went out. They ran the ball well, mm-hmm. um, which, again, that's Michigan has not they, – they've been a very stout defense all year. So that was a little bit surprising. But, yeah, Duggan through the air, he did make some, like, big-time conversions and big moments. But, again, he was, like, 14 for 29, 220. The two picks weren't his fault. Um, but all their explosive plays in the past game were, you know, Quentin Johnson going 80 yards yak, right? Like they, they did that a couple times. It felt like so. Duggan um, plays with uh, incredible instincts. I mean, got it down yes. on the gr- got it done on the ground. Um, yep. Great instincts, dude. Good, good athlete too. I mean, he's a yep. tough runner. And he's not the great biggest in- dude, but like pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Um, he just you know a really good player, and I don't know what he ran for, but it, it felt like he had a few big gains on the on the ground. Fifty-seven yards, but I think that factors in sacks, so probably was a little bit more than that. They ran yeah. for about seven eight a carry. Um, Kendry Miller going down initially looked like it was going to kill him, and then uh, the backup, Demarcado, yeah, one hundred and fifty looks uh, good, man. Incredible. Quentin Johnson had a huge touchdown. He's going to be, I think, he's the best receiver in the draft coming up here. Um. Pump for the Horny Frogs, pump for Sonny Dykes. Sonny's going to get <laughs> done for Mike Leach. It's just going to happen. I will say, I mean, just like kind of we started, both those games were so incredible, Chad. I kind of like feel bad for you that you had to be like a fan of one of them. Because, John, as a neutral bystander, that was, I mean, just just yeah. great drama. It really was, both of them. Yeah. And as a Big Ten guy, I was I was pretty conflicted. Um, I'm glad they are both good games. And I'm kind of glad I don't have to see Ohio State being like 10 point favorites against TCU. Um, and I don't like Michigan either. So it, it was kind of, it was a pretty good day as, yeah. a, as a neutral Penn State fan. The Big Ten gets boxed out. You know, they, they send two to the playoff, they don't get into the championship. SEC Big 12, um, great matchup. I have no other really thoughts on the semifinal. Any other New Year's move to our thoughts? Uh, um, Bama did what we all expected. We did all have that. Let's look at the reviews. I'm going to pull up pick review. You talk. Tennessee shocked me while you bring that up. I mean, Joe Milton. I watched that game from start to finish, and I was aroused by Joe Milton. The arm talent. My goodness gracious. (laughs) I mean, I I don't know. I, I know he's not the most accurate son of a gun, but... I like the offensive staff Tennessee has in place. They Dude, can coach Joe him up got a little that, bit. That high ceiling, like draft upside, like a Josh Allen. You look at like an Anthony Richardson this year, maybe a little bit better than him. God, I like Joe. Tennessee is going to be good. 
unfortunately they're going to be they're going to be back um yeah i think that's more and, the the system they run and, um than joe yeah. and chad but that that's just my opinion you could be right um speaking of systems i mean the, the clemson offense is in disarray uh streeter's a bad coordinator a bad quarterback coach credited chad when he's right he's been calling this for over a year um Cade Klubnick looked just terrible. I mean, just bad. No touchdowns, couple picks. Um, and really, I don't think it's on him. DJ Ungalungale's uncle uh, got all over the coaching staff on Twitter following DJ's transfer out to Oregon State. Yep. Which we're excited about. Think he's going to do well. I hope he does well, makes Clemson look terrible. I'll say it right now. That's all I want. Good luck to DJ out West. Um, so credit to you, Chad. Yeah, and I didn't really I guess, get a lot of – I was going to say I didn't get a ton of eyes in that Tennessee-Clemson game. I, I saw a little bit of the second half, oh, but uh, – I just looked at highlights and box score. I um, love I love seeing Dabo get – That game was – oh, me that. too. That game was after the Gator Bowl. I was buckled. Um, You know, the, the Gamecocks <laughs> out in Jacksonville, they do not get it done. <laughs> Hell of a game. Incredibly entertaining game. That was a great Credit game. to Notre Dame. They outlasted us, Um, purely outlasted us. We had a lot of opt-outs. Uh, I'm not saying that's why we lost – a lot of must champ players and it really, really hurt our defensive line depth. And we also had one tight end on the roster, our backup tight end and Nate Adkins played incredible. He, he, he played his heart out. Our backup tight end was our second, was our backup quarterback. Luke Doty was tight end too on the depth chart. Um, we didn't have much defensive lineman rotating around and you could see in the fourth quarter, we were just, they were just running at will um, pushing us around. So the guys battled huge pick six on the goal line late in the game gave us life. I almost, I think I lost my voice. I almost tackled my dad in the <laughs> seats when that happened. Um, that was crazy. Hell of a game. Glad I was there. Good time. Good hospitality. Um, the tall boys, Stella's were un- unbelievably dangerous out there in uh TIA bank field, but excited for uh 2023 Gamecocks. Is Rattler officially back next year? Do we know that yet? No, we we patiently await his decision. I mean, he played his heart out too. He had some throws out there. It's like, holy <laughs> fuck, this guy should be a first round pick, no doubt. Um, touchdown to Xavier Leggett late in the game, like third. I think it was late third quarter. Um, just pinpoint throwing, uh, throwing on the run about forty yards, throws like that. So we hope he's back. We hope Antoine Wells is back. We'll see. But positive outlook and a loss. Love Beamer that. also incurred a, a an unsportsmanlike. He was really fired up. You know, he wanted to win that bowl game like we like we expected. 80% Gamecock fans on the next year. Love that. Positive, positive outlook for John. I like that. Um, yep. <clears throat> I feel like the only other game, at least that we should probably touch on, was that uh, AutoZone Liberty Bowl, Kansas-Arkansas. That's got to be right there for for best bowl game of the season. Um, oh, Dave and I watched that together. First time we'd seen each other in like yeah, four years. Yeah, in years. Yeah, wow. yeah. It was a great time. And the game was incredible. What a comeback from Kansas. Bummer they came up short, but that was uh, a treat to watch. Purdue's getting uh, just taken by in the shed today, guys. I just got to say that right now. It's 42-0. LSU is just killing them. I wanted, yep, to, bet on, I, I wanted to bet on LSU because Purdue is out. Like everyone, yeah, they're out O'Connell, they're out uh, Chuck Sizzle, they're out, they're running back, got a few guys in the portal. Um, coach they left, are, yeah, coach, coach left, like they are down 
It just that uh, uh, yeah, LSU. I, I really wanted that line. I, um, I was telling you about that, John. We're gonna have to retally. We're gonna have to come back to the contest. We still don't have the Rose Bowl result, nor do we have the um, Tulane USC's going on right now in the third quarter. Good game, twenty eight twenty four USC right now. Um, so we'll come back to that. I will say, Dave wasn't a participant. Chad and Connor did take Clemson. I had Tennessee. We all had Bama. Um, though Connor wrote Clemson twice for himself, so I'm very confused here what he's what he was doing. That's a lock on the spread. Oh, okay. We're gonna have to come back to this because it's confusing. Connor's gonna have to dissect what he wrote. Um, what a bowl season it's been. A lot of excitement. Interesting to see the impact the portal will continue to have uh as the playoff expands too but that's again that's off-season talk should we get into our national title picks or we can let dave give his um i mean everyone's going to see the result but john i believe we you and i were both on yes broke up there chad but yeah um i'm i i'm also on penn state um, I, I told you guys, I don't normally like to bet Penn State, but I do love this spot for them. Um, I just think that they like Penn State at the end of the year, but it really hit their stride offensively, <clears throat> especially running the ball. They got two studs. I, I think they're going to be able to to run the ball against Utah. And defensively, um, Utah is out. Dalton Kincaid, that's uh, one of their starting tight ends, who's a stud for them. I just think Penn State, the kind of defense they've been playing, I think they're going to be able to get after rising. They've been able to generate pressure. They still got guys in the back end who can, um, who are good cover guys and and can make plays in the ball, even without Joey Porter today. Uh, love Penn State in this spot. I just think they're kind of the most. I, I don't know. I know Utah is very well coached, but they were in the Rose Bowl last year. They won the Pac-12. I mean, I think this is a game that Penn State. Um, really needs to kind of cap off their season. Um, I think they kind of got maybe a little bit of the motivation edge as well. So love them in this spot. I'm hoping they, hoping they really run it up on them. Don't think that's going to happen though. I think it's going to be a fun one. It, it, it always is. Wow. The, the lines moved a lot. It went down to Utah one and a half. Now back up to Penn state one and a half. I'm seeing late here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I got Penn state when they were uh, plus two and a half actually for a little while, mm-hmm. um, which I was very surprised to see. So, yeah. I think on the on the opt out front as well, Penn State's just got Joey Porter, um, and then Parker Washington is hurt, so he's not playing either. And then, like I said, for Utah, they're missing um, their best cornerback, who's like a projected first or second round pick. He opted out, and then Dalton Kincaid was hurt, who's who's probably their best pass catcher. So, kind of equal in the opt out front as well for um, for those who who are interested. Um, yes. That's a good point. Opt-outs. Kincaid's a great player. I mean, yes. a great player. Um, national title game, January 9th. The TCU Horned Frogs, Georgia Bulldogs, kind of rhymes. Wow. 13 <laughs> and a half point spread. Um, the total, 62 and a half. I can't wait. Good for TCU, you know, five and seven, I believe last year. I think they were like probably picked bottom two, bottom three in the in the Big Twelve this year. Sonny Dyke says, "Fuck you, we're going to the title game." One blip to the Can- Kansas State in the Big Twelve title. I think that loss actually was great for them to learn a lot of, uh, you know, see what was some flaws, learn some mistakes, make some adjustments for Michigan. They did that, and can't wait. 
The three three five Georgia has seen before against Missouri. They did not play well against it. They did not play well against it. That was that was Georgia's worst game of the year. Um, so that's something of interest. On the flip side, that means Georgia has seen it. So you know, and Kirby Smart. That, that's a great coaching staff. So I'm I'm excited. A lot of good storylines. TCU's fast. Um, obviously, Georgia's fast, strong. You know, they're going to bully teams around. I don't think they're going to bully TCU around. And Duggan, Duggan can do similar to what I think Stroud did with his legs, making plays happen like he did against Michigan and Georgia. Those are my initial thoughts. I think Georgia is going to use the Ohio State game as a perfect opportunity to, like, listen, they didn't let up a lot of big pass plays or passing performances this year. So I think it was eye-opening the game this past Saturday. Um, I think Kirby and company are just too well-rounded from a coaching staff perspective to let TCU, you know, go off on them and let up two big back-to-back, you know, passing games against them. So I think they'll get it locked up, and um, I think Georgia handles business. <clears throat> I will say – I mean, you guys kind of hit on um, a lot of what I'm thinking. Chad, I figured you'd be all over Georgia. Um, I don't blame Chad just you. can't stand TCU. He hates the Big 12 and he hates the Orange Frogs. I think you have to respect uh-huh. him at this point, though. But but let me say, I, I, I mean, the one, the one thing. So TCU is really playing with house money here, right? Like all the pressure is on Georgia to repeat here. I mean, TCU is huge dogs. I mean, I think they they probably surprise themselves. Maybe not, but the, I mean, big dogs against Michigan as well. They win that game. I mean, it really feels like they're playing with house money, like I said, and all the pressures on Georgia here to get this done. I kind of wonder how that factors in. I agree with what Chad said. It does feel like, like I don't think Georgia is going to make some of the mistakes that Michigan made. I don't think they're going to um, kind of beat themselves. I think like Michigan did, right? They're too well rounded. They're too well coached. They're probably more talented than TCU at every position. Um, but TCU has had some of that kind of voodoo magic, right? And if they can keep it close and and kind of get this thing into the second half, I wouldn't put it past them to 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 really shock everyone. But I do feel like overall Georgia's just too just too good at every position. Um I think they probably get this done. I could see TCU covering them. Um that line is very high. I, yeah, I think everyone. the key for TCU is running the ball, honestly. I, I just think I, I think there's only so much Max Duggan will be able to do through the air. Uh, George is going to, you know, make a point to bracket Quinn Johnson at times. Um, I think if TCU can run the ball like they did against Michigan, they have a chance. I just don't know if I see that happening. Yeah. We'll see. Um, the status of Kendry Miller is huge. Yeah. I think it was very, you know, it was great to see the backup go off so then they could, you know, rest him for the entire second half. It looks like, he he tried to play that first series. Could tell he was in no yeah. way, shape, or form able to. I don't go. know if there's any been any news on that yet, but that's big. Um, but I think you know if he was able to try to give it a go, hopefully a week will allow him that opportunity to heal. He probably won't practice at all. He probably doesn't need to practice at all. Um, but the backup's just as capable. So see, Chad, I I agree with you. I mean, obviously they can run the ball. That's gonna that's gonna help them. But ah, Ohio State couldn't run the ball in Georgia at all, really, right? Um. I mean, their biggest plays on the on the ground came from CJ, you know, creating um, plays outside the pocket. So I don't know if TCU is going to be able to run the ball. I do think that Georgia got exposed a little bit by Ohio State, just kind of their secondary. 
Uh, I know Keely Ringo's getting a lot of like first first round hype. Didn't think he played well at all. I thought Marvin Harrison really outplayed him. He had a couple penalties as well, I think. So I do think TCU can probably expose them a little bit, but also that's not really TCU's game. And I think Georgia is probably so much better up front that, you know, Duggan's going to probably be running for his life, right? Like they can't be sitting back there letting those guys in Georgia's D-line get after him. So I, I just don't know how TCU, you know, if they can run the ball, that that will make all the difference, but I'm not confident they're going to be able to do that with or without Kendry Miller. I think that they're just going to, I think they're going to show a different offensive game plan than they have. I, I think that they, I think Sonny Dykes is incredibly clever. Um, I just think they're going to be re- I think they're going to be ready for the occasion. Um, I'm taking their spread. There's like 13, 13 and a half, whatever it settles at, whatever it's at. Seems like too many. So that's my play on the national championship. Hope we get a good game. Yeah. Dave, you got to give a lock. Come on. Um, This could change. That's the thing, right? We got, we got a week, but as of now, I would take TCU with the points as well. I think I don't feel great about it though. Yeah. You guys know which way I'm going. I'm going to take the dogs at 13 and a half. Chad wants to go to bed by halftime. That is, Oh, I will be in Florida. uh, So maybe. Well, I'm not as salty as I've been. If if this was like the last couple of years um, before I've matured, like I have overnight, I would be so crabby right now. And I probably would not watch the game, but I'm, I'm, this was the worst sports weekend. Potentially my, I, everyone lost Kings got blown out. The Sabres lost the dolphins. Oh, the dolphins. I mean, <laughs> it just nothing went right for me this weekend. And John, quite frankly, it was just about as bad for you. Oh, horrible. But that's why we do it. You know, that's why we're here. We live through, these are the experiences that we're thankful for when things go well, when they briefly do, at least in our two cases, we, we are fans of such bad teams, Chad. Can you believe eight and three, Great segue into the NFL. Eight and three, you know, five weeks ago, we lose five fucking straight games. Eight and eight. The Pittsburgh Steelers go out. A huge Sunday night win um, out in Baltimore. They are eight and eight as well. They're going to be rooting for Miami and New England to lose this week in order to somehow sneak their way in Kenny Pickett's riding in his wheelbarrow into the playoffs. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's a win and you're in for New England. They play Buffalo next week. Miami's got to hope they lose. They beat the Jets. Jets got eliminated this week. They beat the Jets. They will be in. Pittsburgh needs both to lose. The NFC also is a three-way eight and eight tie for that last playoff spot. So pretty exciting over there. Seattle, Detroit, and the Packers. Detroit and the Packers play each other. Seattle is a cupcake game. But I believe if if the Packers win, they're in based on some scenarios. Yeah, the Packers win, they're in. And then I think the Seahawks need to win and the Packers to lose to get in. And then and Detroit it, it, would need Seattle. They would need to win and have Seattle lose. Yeah. So that's a huge, just uh, just a, a three-way, you know, situation out West. And uh, the NFL, besides Saturday, has not announced when these games are going to be played yet because they're trying to schedule it so that they create more meaningful games, right? Because you don't want, um, you know, you don't want, let's say, like Detroit and Green Bay playing after Seattle's already won or something, right? Then, yeah. uh, then Detroit's out regardless, right? So... It'll be interesting to see how they schedule these games um, just so that we have an exciting, you know, slate of football and same well, with like the Steelers and, and Dolphins and whatnot. I have a question for both of you guys. Okay. 
Who starting next year? You're a, a a GM putting together your team. Who would you rather have as your starting quarterback next year? Tua Tungo Viola or Kenny Pickett? <laughs> I'm making both of you answer. Well, wow. it, it, I mean, Tua's had three concussions this year. What what's he's he's probably going to be out for the rest of the year, even if they get in the playoffs, right? That's that's kind of what um, it seems he's, like. He's going to be out this week. Um, and then if they make the playoffs, we'll see. Brandon Kenny has had two concussions as well, but, um, I mean, I think at this point two has showed more, right. But I don't really think that's a great, uh, great question checks or just in different, different spots, right? Like Kenny's in year one, two is in year three. Um, I, you see it to certainly see more from Tua, right? Like earlier this year, he was a legitimate MVP candidate. Uh, but Kenny certainly, is showing some things, but on the whole, it's still very, very much look. He looks like a rookie quarterback for the most part, right? Um, but you're seeing some traits from him that, at least as a Steelers fan, gives you some confidence that they might might have their guy. Good answer. Um, I my worries with two is just his availability at this point. That's becoming his worst ability. Um, I'm worried about his brain, his health. It's long term. <laughs> long-term as a human um, with every concussion. So, Chad's a valid question. You want an answer? I think you guys have both made good points. You don't need to answer. I mean, you know, if concussions weren't a factor, two is my answer. But I have to think about it. You know, I, I and that's how I've been feeling. So so does that mean you guys like what you're seeing from, from Kenny a little bit? Oh, Kenny's fun. You know, Kenny's, you things. Know, yeah, we're seeing some things. I think he could be a good player. I'm cautiously optimistic. I think the thing with Kenny, the fact and they're eight and eight, you know, I think Tua is is kind of in this boat too, right? But what is there? Like, I don't think Kenny has a top like. I mean, ten might be like the max, right? But I don't think he's like a top eight quarterback ever, right? I don't think Tua is either. No. I think they can both be, and Kenny still got a ways to go. I think we saw what Tua was capable of before, you know, earlier this year. I think they can be like you can win with them, but they're not. I don't think either of them are guys you're going to win because they're so great, right? Like neither of them have the ability to just put a team on their back. Um, we'll see. Yeah, we'll do see we think he's back week. next week? No, I, he's not going to play next week. Has that already been announced? No, it hasn't. But the Dolphins are scouring the open market looking for another quarterback to sign because Bridgewater yeah. broke his hand. So right. I'm hoping Cam Newton. I want Cam Newton. <laughs> Oh, uh, if we get Cam or Blake Bortles for one game, I think we win that game. Trade you Mitch Trubisky. Listen, Skyler sucks. He also got tossed around like salad out there. I mean, he got he <laughs> took a pretty hard hit. <laughs> it was wobbly getting up at one point. I mean, these guys, they don't know how to fall. Um, they're all bad. <laughs> the backups is what I'm talking about. So the fingers are crossed for Blake Bortles. Or that would be insane. Bortles. Cam might work. Cam could work. What about Cam could bring, so no, I think I think bring Ronnie Brown out of retirement. That'd be awesome. Let's get Ronnie that wild. Let's get that wildcat going, man. Let, let's let's do a wildcat quarter. game, dude. I was in for a fourth quarter wildcat run it back in uh, in Gillette Stadium. I was so in for that, and they didn't. I feel do like Mostert and Wilson could probably do some some good wildcat things. Yeah. What about I'm Tyreek and Waddle? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Get Tyreek and Waddle. Dude. Yeah, they're gonna be the jet sweep guys. You just know, let the skill guys run the offense. We don't. Yeah, Tyreek and Waddle are gonna be in motion, either getting jet sweeps or you know, things like that. Yeah, you could put Tyreek in the um, shotgun too. I'm gonna be there next weekend. That'll be pleasant. Oh wow, safe travels. Where's um, the game? It's in Miami. It's against the Jets. 
I will say this, the NFL kind of did potentially fuck us, Dave. Um, only a couple games have been announced. The Chiefs got flexed this Saturday. So the Bills, yeah, the Bills scenarios, they played New England next week. It's going to be interesting to see if they will be needing to be motivated to win that game, depending on what happens tonight. They play right. the Bengals. Um, currently, as it is now, the Chiefs are 13-3. and So really what we need is, honestly, I don't fucking know. Uh, 13 and three. I think the bills need to win tonight, you know, go to 13 and three themselves. And they're the same conference record. Kansas city plays. So you want the, we want the bills. We want the bills to be playing next week. Right. So yeah, honestly, bills to win tonight. Then we need the chiefs to, I think lose. If the the bills. Okay. I see what you're saying. Because if the bills lose lose tonight and then the chiefs win on Saturday, then they have no reason to. They're yeah. locked into the two seed. So you're right. We need them to win tonight, and then hopefully the Chiefs win on Saturday, and then the Bills need to win to get the one seed. No, I think if the Chiefs well, win, well, I think that they the get the Chiefs one seed. No, 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 no. The, the Bills Chiefs have the tiebreaker lose, over the done. Chiefs. No, yeah. Yeah. If the Chiefs lose, they're, the Bills just have to win one more. So they we need win. the Raiders to upset the Chiefs on Saturday, I think. No, no, not, not no, no. We no. want the Bills. We want to the lose Bills tonight. playing for the one seed. Yeah, if the Bills lose tonight, well, we're fucked. Ah. No, I no, we're not because, and then Kansas City goes and no, if the Bills, it. no, 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 Chad, 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 you're wrong, you're wrong. We want the Bills to win tonight. So that gets them to hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. If the Bills lose tonight, oh. And then the Chiefs beat the Raiders on Saturday before the, the Bills play on Sunday. Oh, wait, 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 wait. The Bills are the two seed. Yeah. The Chiefs yeah. are Chiefs are probably going to beat the Raiders. No, right? listen to this. This is what we need. We need the Bills to win tonight. They'll both yes. be 13 and three. The Bills have the better conference. The Bills will be nine and two in conference. The Bills Chiefs have the head to have against the Chiefs. Yes. Do they? Yeah. Yes. And they have the conference. So then if the Chiefs win, they'll be 14 and three. And the Bills at 13 and three will still need to win. Yes. So we exactly. need the Bills to win. That's what I've been saying. Win. Yes. Yes. Bills to win and the Chiefs to win. And then the Bills have motivation next week. So that's what that's what we're we Bills do. fans tonight. We're massive Bills fans. <laughs> massive, dude. <laughs> All right. Oh my God. Okay. I'm glad we got well, that. Well, I need you guys to lose next week. So honestly, yeah, though, I'm, if 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 the Steelers don't get in, you know. They're they're gonna they're you know if they're, you in, if they're in Buffalo week one that, that's I enjoy what I'm fun. seeing with the line movement right now. Um, Cincinnati started as a PK and now it's Buffalo minus two and a half. Um, doesn't necessarily mean anything, but it's interesting. So should we get some picks in quickly? Picks for week eighteen, we could. Um, yeah, we can. Obviously, some is left to be all divisional games this week. You know, NFL loves that last week of the year. Do you have a play on your mind right now, Chad? It's hard yeah, without knowing when John, they are yet, right? Like we don't know what yeah. games are going to matter still, but we can we can give it a shot. There are lines out there, so yeah. Go ahead, Chad. Uh, Minnesota minus one. I'm back on Minnesota this week. Um, they will write the ship before the playoffs. That line is dangerously close. Um, Chicago <laughs> has D. They're out of the frisky tier. They're just bad. Um, They've been out. Minnesota minus been one. I think Chicago's lost like six in a row. Um, does this game matter for the Vikings though? I guess so. The 49ers and the Vikings are both going for the two seed. 
Okay. And they have the same record. So I want yeah, like I don't I guess maybe they're playing at the same time, then the Vikings actually need to win for a chance. But the 49ers are 14 and a half point favorites over David Blau and the Cardinals. So you know. Well Minnesota's and- probably locked into the three seed, assuming you know, San Francisco doesn't lose Arizona. Mm-hmm. Philly's 13 and three. Philly has a tiebreaker over Minnesota, and then they need to win to like San Francisco is playing for the one seed still. I think San Francisco okay. and Philly are the two potential one seeds still in the NFC. If San Francisco wins and Philly loses, I think San Fran's a one seed. Yeah, that's accurate. So, anyways, that's all to say that I, I just don't know what Minnesota's playing for. I probably factors into that being a one point spread. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Minnesota has no tiebreakers over those other two teams. So they're, they're, they're very likely the three. Um, they won't slip below three. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think they're really playing for anything. Honestly, I, I think they're pretty locked into the three seed. Um, anywho. Yeah. Cause they would need San Fran to lose to Arizona, which not, not going to happen <laughs> at home. Yeah. So I have a lock on Saturday. I, I love the under 39 in Jacksonville, Tennessee playoff football starts in the AFC this week, winning your end game in the South. I hope the Jags win six and a half is too many for my liking, but I love the under it feels like a grinded out 17 to 10 type of game. I love that. Pick. 17, 13, something like that. I, I think you might've just started a theme this week, John. Because I'm going to go under in Pittsburgh, Cleveland as well. Total is 39, just like the Jags Titans. This this game's going to look a lot like we saw last night with, with Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Um, both teams are going to want to run the ball. <clears throat> the Browns have actually had a lot of success running the ball yeah. against Pittsburgh recently. That concerns me a little bit. Uh, Pittsburgh most. Is, yeah, Pittsburgh has proven to be a little bit vulnerable um, giving up yards on the ground. So, We'll see, um, but I do think, again, I mean, Watson has been looked pretty bad for them. Um, I know he threw a couple touchdowns, I think, in the second half yesterday, but on the whole, he's looked pretty lost. While we gave some love to Kenny earlier, and I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing, still rookie quarterback, like I said, they're not very good offensively. They they were able to run the ball last night, which, which was encouraging. Um, Might have been the best game I've seen from Najee, but this is going to be a grounded-out type game, like you said, John, for the Titans-Jags. Um, I think this is a, you know, I think both teams are under 20 probably. So under 39. Nice. I'm going to continue with the theme. Give me under 40 in the Jets and Dolphins. Uh, We kind of hit on it, you know, earlier. I don't really know what Miami's going to do offensively, and the Jets are pretty poopy as well. I think this is like a 13 six kind of game like maybe a touchdown <laughs> maybe a touchdown's mixed in um so yeah give me give me the under in the jets and the dolphins i'm fuck it under 48 and a half in uh green bay detroit lambeau field i gotta believe it's going to be cold i'm looking at it right now it's looking like it's not going to be too miserable out there you know 28 uh, a little bit of wind but hell if it's a night game it'll be chillier uh, Playoffs, playoffs online. Playoffs begin again this week in the NFC uh, North. So, under forty eight and a half, Green Bay. 
Alrighty. See, this is where it gets tough because there's a couple plays. Like if Buffalo's playing, if Buffalo wins tonight and they're playing for the one seed, I am hammering them minus seven and a half right now. But I wonder if that how that line changes based on what happens tonight. Um because I do think they're they're gonna stomp the Patriots again. Um, but I, I don't know if I can lock that up just without the uncertainty right now. All right. It's kind of hard to find meaningful games on the calendar right now, to be honest. Um, let's go to – I'm going to take the Jaguars, minus six and a half. This makes me nervous strictly because Mike Vrabel, I think, is such a great coach. I think the Titans will find a way to keep this close. They're just so banged up right now. Um, they're starting Joshua Dobbs, who longtime uh, Big Ben back up there. Pretty surprised he's still hanging around the league, um, but I guess he's better than Malik, Malik Willis. Anyways, though, I just think the Jags have really found their stride. I thought it was impressive. Even without Trevor Lawrence playing that well yesterday, they still just – it was never even a game with the Texans. So give me the Jags to get in the playoffs here um, as the four seed win the AFC South. I just think the Titans are too banged up and, and just kind of limping to the finish line right now. Okay. I am going to take the under 42 and a half in Baltimore, Cincinnati. I just, and this is predicated also a lot on tonight's result, but I just think the bills win tonight. And I think that game is for the division. Um, so I'm going under 42 and a half. Oh, oh boy. Um, I have a question on this one. New Orleans at seven and nine. Are they eliminated? Yeah. Yep. Yes. Eliminated. Okay. The game is meaningless. Give me Carolina plus three and a half. Assuming Sam Darnold plays. No reason to believe otherwise. Sam Darnold no. is in. Um, listen, I have not said a word about the Panthers this year, but the rest <laughs> of the pod loves the Panthers. I always, like yesterday, I saw I was in a crabby mood up until about 5 p.m. And I saw a text in there midday about Sam Darnold. I don't mind Sam Darnold. Panthers are playing well. Give Breaking. me the Panthers. Breaking news, breaking news. Packers-Lions just been announced, flexed into the Sunday night slot for next week. Um, Packers-Lions, did I say Panthers? No, you didn't. Packers-Lions, two minutes ago, Schefter tweeted. Okay. Um, that's the Sunday night game, so. So, if Seattle wins earlier in the day on Sunday, mm -hmm. the Lions are eliminated. But yep. you'd still think they're they're – they're trying to win that game, obviously, you know, because they could play spoiler to the Packers. So yeah. it probably doesn't affect that game like all too much. But yeah. if the Lions lose, or I'm sorry, if the, the uh, Seahawks lose, then that's a playoff game right there. Winner goes to the playoffs. Um, yeah. All right. Well, that leads me into it. I, I am, I'm going to go ahead and take the Packers. Feels kind of gross, but um, can you really, I just really can't even imagine a world where Aaron Rodgers loses this game at home to go to the playoffs. Um, Packers have obviously been on a roll here. I mean, I'll be shocked if it happens. You know, I guess they could win and not cover. But again, four and a half um, at home in Lambeau. I mean, this is a playoff. This is literally a playoff game for them. So I just think Aaron Rodgers is, is going to find a way to do it. And, you know, the Lions remain the little brother. But arrows pointing up there. They're going to have two two really good draft picks. So yeah, um, lots of light there in Detroit. But yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, I'll good take for Detroit there. fighting this year, man. Yeah. Fun club. 
All-time frisky team this year, the 2022 yeah. Detroit Lions. One of the best. Did anyone see Jamison Williams run? I mean, he is so much more frighteningly fast. It was like he's just so much faster than everyone else. It's, you know, baffling to me. But I love the Lions. Um, I will not be on that game, though. John, do you have a last pick? That was it. It was the under. Uh, what was your last pick, John? Oh, you took the Panthers. Yeah. Chad, you just went for irrelevant games this week. I guess I the Jets Dolphins is relevant, but I think there's too, Saints, many, there's too many Vikings, high guys Bears? to pick from. I'm okay to set out the eye guy this week. There's so many. <laughs> well, no, we have to pick an eye guy just because of that. I uh, listen, Houston Indy is frightening. Yep, that's it. That's it. Don't even need to see the rest. That's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jeff Saturday's wow. having like a crisis too. I'm going although, although. There are number one overall pick implications for the Texans. I think if they win and the the Bears lose, the Bears will have the number one pick. I think. I think I saw that somewhere. I don't know if you can find. I don't know if that effect. Bears aren't going quarterback. No, I don't think they are. But um, that just just interesting. Still mad. Also love. I mean, Pittsburgh. They got the Bears second round pick for Chase Claypool, and with the Dolphins not having their first round pick this year. Shout wow. out, uh, what's his name, Joe Ross? Yep, Stephen Ross. Stephen Ross, sorry. Um, that's That could be pick number 32. Joe Ross is the roast guy. Well, Dave, right. if you think about it, if you really think about why that pick was taken away, you know, part of it was Stephen Ross wanting – Yeah, and then Stephen Ross wanting Flores to tank uh, for the number one overall pick, which would have gotten us Joe Burrow, who wouldn't <laughs> have had the concussions – and we would probably be 15 and one with this roster. Oh, we might be running it back to 1972. We may be 16 and 0 if we had. I'm just going to throw that out there. Maybe Stephen Ross isn't as stupid as people think. Just, just yeah, you might have. You might be honest. <laughs> they might yeah, have Joe Burrow with Tyreek Hill and uh, Jalen Waddle is pretty fun to think about. Um, yeah, I mean, here we are last week of the year. It all comes down to this. Good luck to all. Good luck, Dave, to the Steelers. Good luck to the Dolphins. Um, good luck to Matt, you know, friend of the show. Good luck to the Packers. Good luck to the Nittany Lions here tonight. Good luck to the Nittany, Nittany hey, Chad, Lions. Chad, what are you, Chad? Are you honestly rooting for them tonight? You want to see the Big Ten get a, a nice Rose Bowl win? Yeah, I listen. I actually really like Utah, but I like. I, I think at this point, I'd rather the Big Ten get a win. I, like. I think it's going to be a great game. Like, I think the spread going back and forth is just like how this game is meant to be. Like, I really have, I'm, I think I'm pulling for Penn State, but I have absolutely no idea who's going to win. Okay. Literally none. Um, so, yeah. And my last call, uh, New Year's resolution. I'm going to read more. I, I just get angry far too easily. So, it's, that's a good one the clubs I break every year. So I got, this is my first book of 2023, uh, the mental side of golf. So I'm trying to calm down and hopefully this will lead into like next fall, like just not being a lunatic when my teams lose. So that was one of my goals of 2020. We knew from the start of the show, you were a different person. I love to see that, you know, good luck on your endeavor. I might join you. I'd like to read more too. I should as well. Um, I really should. The seventh rounders group resolution is to read more. What if we start a full little uh, book club? Well, book, seventh round. We all, book. we all, and and you know, once Chad's eyes month, just up. Um, that would be fun. Chad just got so excited. Maybe we pick that. like three books that we just have to read throughout the year. I mean, that's a that's a pace we can all stick with. I think. I love it, dude. Yeah, a book every three months. We can do that. 
we get involved, um, get the community involved. Maybe Chad hosts a Twitter space, a little book club night, a little book club Twitter space. <laughs> that would be fun. And then we can take times like we're all going to be reading at different paces. So we can take a few minutes at the beginning yeah. or end the shows to kind of talk about the book. Okay. <laughs> All right, we're going to workshop this, everyone. This is a real idea. Really good. Love it. You know, maybe we can find out. Connor, take notes. Um, I know you're listening here in the editing room by the time that this is sent over. So, uh, you know, throw your two cents in the group chat. Tweet at us. That's the room. Last call. Any other last calls? That's it. Enjoy these last few games. We're down to actually two more college football kicks. Go horny frogs. That's, oh my God. that's mine. Guys, that is what do I mean, what do we do it's, until September now? Then I'm gonna be stuck on it's, the it's, Kings, the Sabres, and the fucking Syracuse Orange. Oh. Yeah, that you gotta you just gotta stay with it, right? Because as football winds down, right? We kind of slowly lead into March Madness. We all love March, right? Oh god. And, yeah. then, and then once once we get through March. Fantasy baseball. And we got fantasy baseball. And that takes us right to football. That's that's a good segue. segue. So we just got to hang in there, guys. And, and everyone always... at home, just hang in there. Dave, Dave, I got to be honest. I listened to a fantasy baseball podcast this morning. <laughs> it's time. Calendar's flipped. It's almost oh, time. Yeah. There's always stuff going on, dude. We were Pitchers and catchers up. reporting what, about six weeks? Oh, God. I mean, we're there, guys. We're basically no, there. What's the Pirates <laughs> – lineup look like we shut still it got down march madness we gotta shut it down don't talk about the pirates in january come on don't do that to me you can't do that to me out here trying to have a nice uh nice pirates, pirates talk right as we we're about to get the national championship game nfl playoffs fucking throw up. gonna throw pirates up talk Ooh. pirates talk dude we signed fucking rich hill 43 years old are you kidding me that's all i got speaking of pirates shout out mississippi steak in the dub shout out mike leach yeah um that's that's awesome to see Great last call. Mike Leach. We said he was going to get it done. They do. They cover for Dave on air. Um, yep. Good for you. Rest in peace, the GOAT. Yeah, rest in you peace. have a great 2023. <clears throat> Start early and often with, you know, what you want to do this year. Book club. Yes, sir. All right. Peace. Thank you for listening. Production by AJ Bradbury.